This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates in central Iowa companies. All right, welcome everybody to the Amner Martinez podcast. It's Halloween, so that's why I'm wearing this ridiculous outfit. Mm -hmm. Not that ridiculous. I like it. Is Halloween the only day that you wear ridiculous outfits? (laughs) I guess not, I guess. (laughs) Uh, But we just got done speaking with Patrick Dix. He's running for school board. Yes. He's got passion. Absolutely. Absolutely. I almost asked him if he's going to like run for like public office or like he is. I think he will. For like after the school board. Though. Oh. What do you think? I mean, maybe. Yeah, yeah. One it, one thing at a time, like I guess. It's natural for him. It, it seems like. Yeah, I think part of that media presence, right? He knows yeah. he's a very good speaker. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he's got the right idea. Mm-hmm. It's like um, getting the business sector and raise more funds and create more partnerships via the business side and the community mm-hmm. and not just expect for the state or the federal government to fund everything. Right. So it's a, it's a, I like the idea of getting everyone involved in education. Yeah. Everyone should look at it as Volunteers something that you're supposed to be involved with. Something about volunteer mm-hmm. reading. Uh, so he seems to have a lot of good ideas, got a good energy and he made a crazy uh, observation that people, when they go vote, somehow they're leaving the school board blank. Pick one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen to the candidates and pick who you like. It's right? important. Don't, you're already at the ba- at the ballot box. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Why are people leaving it blank? I mean, I think if you don't know anything about the candidates or the office, you know, people tend not to vote. Like I know sometimes when they ask us like about all those judges, like, do you want to keep this judge or do you want to vote him out? There's like a hundred names. And I don't, if I don't know the judge at all, it's like, do I really want to sit there and fill out a hundred responses? So if you're in the ballot box, that means you're a voter. So if you're a voter, then do a little homework then. Cause you got the school board uh, is important just as much as city council and mayor Listen to Amplified. Listen to Amplified. For your answers. Yes. <laughs> about everything. <laughs> it sense sarcasm. No. <laughs> well, we're just amateurs doing this. Uh, so hopefully people find it informational. I think we had an insightful uh, conversation with Patrick. And mm. th- there's an- another school board member that is running uh, for school board or s- candidate running for school board. Give us a holler. Catch us before November 7th, though. Because Tip your hat if you say it. Yeah. Catch us before November 7th because <laughs> then you'll be too late. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Share it, comment, and we'll see you next time on the Emner Martinez podcast. Oh, I'm on. I got it. <laughs> They're on I his head. Yeah. <laughs> I've done I've done this before. Yeah. yeah. I've done this you, before. This is uh this is like your world. This uh, is more this is more familiar. Right. Um, so I started doing high school radio when I was a sophomore. Uh I did our our that's how I got into media. I thought I was uh. gonna be in the NBA because I was six mm. three when I was um 
13, 14. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. So I thought, well, obviously I'm going to play college basketball. And yeah. By sophomore year, everybody had passed me up. And my coach, at the end of the year, they give you like the, what do you need to work on for the summer? Uh-huh. And he came to me and he said, look, you're going to make the team next year, but you're never going to play ever. <laughs> and uh, he's like, we love having you. You're like, what do I need to work on, though? <laughs> and so he said, so you're telling he me said a you know, you love basketball. Why don't you go call the games on the radio? And so I tried out for it. They had somebody doing it already, but they said, you know what you'd be really good at is public affairs. You could do the current affairs show. Uh. So every night or every Thursday night, we had a two-hour call-in talk show <laughs> where we had this 100-watt, uh, it was like 100-watt radio station that if you went six blocks away from the high school, you couldn't hear. Uh. And we would, <laughs> we would invite people on as if we were this big you know, radio station in Chicago. And um, and that's where I got started. That's where I loved. That's wow. where I figured out. So what what, uh, what made you uh, move from, from, I remember seeing you on TV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My doctor said, um, uh, you might as well be smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Waking up at two in the morning oh, is just not good for you. Okay. It's just not good. And what years were you in that game, Patrick? Uh, so I did, I did broadcasting of some sort for 25 years um, and 16 of them here in Des Moines. Wow. So 99 to 2015. And your doctor said that because of stress levels or because of what? You're waking up in the middle of the night, no matter how you do it, is wrong. Like, you just shouldn't do it. And uh, he said, there are just all kinds of health outcomes that you don't want. And um, and at that point, I was still young enough to make a, a career change. And um, and so I thought, all right, this is this is it. I'm going to go do it. I so, see. Okay. And so now what's your sleep schedule like? Uh, better, but interestingly, now I work with um, banking and credit union associations around the country. And so I go to a lot of conventions. I travel a lot. Uh-huh. And so what you end up doing is you end up staying up until two in the morning instead of going to you know, waking up at two in the morning. And so like you fixed one problem, but yeah. you created not, a problem. not a lot better, not a lot better. And traveling is not very healthy for you. I mean, you have to be uh-huh. really intentional about what you do, mm-hmm. um, with food, especially right. And walking. And, you know, if you're going to sit on a plane, hydration, for, yes, hundred yeah. percent. Um, and so, I've had to learn to be really intentional about those things. And, um, but it's, I feel like I won the job lottery. I mean, people who transition from television in particular, uh, I think have a really hard time for whatever reason, translating their skills into the workplace in general. And Shazam was, and continues to be a place where they really saw something that they valued and that traditionally they would not have. And, um, they have used it to, to their advantage. I am not a technology guy. I'm not a banker. I have no, you're among friends. I have no, I have <laughs> nothing. I mean, and, but what I do have is the ability to communicate and, mm. um, which a lot of tech geeks and a lot of don't, they just don't, <laughs> they just don't have great communication skills and, um, and they don't have those soft skills. Mm. And so, um, so, so it's what, been a great, what made great you then, uh, you know, people people are familiar with you here sure. in Central Iowa. So you, uh, now you're moving into school board. What what made you make hmm. that decision? So I, I I had this the other day. I was thinking about this, and so my bo- my boys are the why. So okay. I have I have two boys that are freshmen, twins that are freshmen at Roosevelt, and so they're the why. But they're what I say is they're not the what. My boys are going to be fine. What I've learned being a part of and being around Des Moines Public Schools is there are kids that are going to be fine, and then there are kids that are not. Mm -hmm. And we have 31,000 kids who 
have got to be a part of our economy. They have to be part of our future. They have to be, they have to see a future for themselves here. And if we're not yes. giving that to them, then we're not doing it right. And I don't think we're doing that right now. I don't think we're showing them a future. We're not partnering throughout this community to see the big picture and say, okay, we got 31,000 kids here. Let's, what, what will they contribute mm -hmm. to the next 20 years in mm -hmm. Des Moines? I don't think we're doing a really effective job. We're, we're training kids, we're teaching kids. I don't know that we're being intentional about what we're training them on or why, or then saying to them, you're really good at this. Do you, do you know all the things that you could do mm -hmm. with this skill? Mm -hmm. That's not something that we're really good at either, I don't think. That's so good to phrase it like that. So I work with high school seniors at East. Mm -hmm. I run an internship program yep. in, our, in our second year. And what you just said is exactly nail on the head. I mean, these, this is our future workforce. Mm -hmm. These are our future leaders, 30,000 strong, mm -hmm. um, extremely diverse group of students, extremely yep. talented. And um, we're, we're so focused on the graduation rate. Mm -hmm. And that's come up a lot, and that's great. But at some of these schools, 40-some percent of the students within a year of graduating are not on a pathway to a right. living wage. And it's just astounding. Yep. And we need to focus more on that. What would that look like in your mind to kind of start – bringing that number down? Uh, first things first, I think the, the most bang for your buck you're going to get is in reading. I think we have got to get um, the reading at grade level by third grade under control. Mm -hmm. Then there's this whole group that will be past third grade that, you know, sort of was affected by the impacted by the pandemic. We're going to have to do some mitigation in those grades. Um, but I, I don't know if you've ever heard the statistic. It's for people who know, they know. Uh, but I've run into some people campaigning where really prominent people who I thought would absolutely know this and didn't, they build prisons based off of third grade reading levels. People are just knocked back what? on their, yeah, mm -hmm. people are knocked back on their heels. And there are any number of statistics. I mean, it's, you are health, you're more likely to be healthy. You're more likely to graduate high school. You're more likely to not access public services um, if you can read by third grade. And, it, and once you think about it for a second, it makes a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. You learn to read and then you read to learn. Uh, and so uh, a really prominent business leader said to me the other day, well, aren't you concerned about math? No, because unless they can read in third grade, they can't do the word problems in fourth. Uh, and mm -hmm. then you're behind and behind and behind and behind. So reading is truly fundamental to the success of a student. And I think to me, that's the first thing that we need to do to tackle and, uh, and to feel good about something as a community. We have got to get behind our schools in Des Moines. And I don't think there's a better way or um, a way that is, I don't want to say easy, uh, but it is not as complicated as some of the other things. It, this isn't about money. You can throw bodies at this and say, where are the volunteers? Who's not using their VTO hours at oh. corporations? Will you come down and read with a kid for an hour after school or at lunch or at a period that a teacher designates for that kid. The schools have to work with the volunteers. If you've ever been, the people who have been a part of a program called Everybody Wins, it's mm -hmm. over lunch hour, um, and you have to commit to a kid for the whole year. You read a page, they read a page. You read a page, they read a page. Over the year, there's nothing like seeing a kid go from can't read at third grade level to reading and saying, no, no, I got, I got uh, more pages. I can yeah. do this more the confidence that they build, yeah. the, um, the ability that they have after you're done with that, 
that to me is an experience as a volunteer that I'm going to take away and be excited about. And as a community, I think if we can then nail down some success in those benchmarks of third grade reading level, that's a win for us. Okay, now what can we do? If we can do that, what can we do next? And that to me builds some momentum, gets some pride behind our schools and behind our kids. They feel some pride in what they're doing and we go from So I just learned not too long ago that the school board is in charge of hiring the superintendent. What else does the school board does that is that impactful? Uh, what are they in charge of that it can be that change that impactful? I think this is an important question because the school board can't do as much as you think they can. Mm-hmm. The school board is a reflection of the community that they serve. We are the representatives of the community sitting at the table with Dr. Roberts in this case as the superintendent. It is his job and the professional educators to run the district, mm-hmm. to operate the district. But I think strategically, we can be a partner with Dr. Roberts to be his counsel, literally, and, and say to him, what if we did this? What if we partnered with this group to be the connector out into the community? And then, and I think this is where maybe um, somebody like me could be helpful. We have a lot of great people on the board right now. Um, but I think we have to be evangelists for the Des Moines Public Schools. We have to get out to Rotary Clubs and Breakfast Clubs and anybody that will listen to us and say, did you know all the great things that are happening in the Des Moines Public Schools? So that people stop saying, Des Moines schools, mm-hmm. those poor kids, you know? And like, like we're all burdened with this terrible school system that we can't, you know, that we can't fix. There are challenges, to be sure, in Des Moines. But there are also these incredible things that the suburban schools would love to have, but they don't. Do you know we have an aviation department in the Des Moines Public Schools? No, I didn't know that. So we have a a track where you can either become an FAA certified mechanic or a pilot by the time you graduate high school, private pilot, certified private pilot. Now, you don't get the flying time, but you're on the way. We are one of four programs in the United States. There's one in Seattle that Boeing owns. There's one in Florida that one of the big flying school owns. Uh, and then there's one on the East Coast that the airlines kind of put together as a conglomeration. And then little old Des Moines has an FAA certified program. <laughs> Do you also know that we have a hub for Allegiant Airlines out at the Des Moines airport right now? Yes, they we do m- know They that. moved. They moved. And so I bet they're looking for mechanics and pilots over the next mm-hmm. 10 years. Why are we not partnering and building a pipeline of mechanics and pilots that will go to Allegiant and, and other airlines? I mean, they, you know, these Love are going to be two really in-demand careers. Do you know what you can make as an airline mechanic? I mean, it comes with some, some hard choices because, like we just talked about, it's an overnight job right, <laughs> because right, right. the planes come in overnight and you got to yeah. fix them overnight. But you can make a lot of money. Uh, I knew a guy that was making about $175,000 for American Airlines. I mean, <laughs> that's a good career. Mm-hmm. In my book, that's a really good career. So how do you give them that pathway? So I think we can do strategic decisions, uh-huh. partnerships. Uh-huh. We, can, um, we can think about things differently and help Dr. Roberts see that vision, help him develop a vision, his vision for the Des Moines Public Schools over the next 5, 10, 15 years, and then we can help him execute those things. We should not be deciding who the football coach is at Lincoln High School. We should not be deciding which books are in school. 
by the way. Does mm-hmm. the does the school board have uh, any say on that on that on books uh, and banning or not banning? So interesting, you know. So if you're asking about the the legislation, the the content restrictions that were passed by the legislature, um, what I have been telling people is this is a solution in search of a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already had a system in place where, as a parent, I can go into the schools and say. I object to my kid reading, for instance, Catcher in the Rye, which I'm not sure why you'd object. It's a great book. But people object. Uh And so, um, okay, we have a book that is parallel to that in the curriculum that we can give your kid. They will still learn all the lessons that we want them to learn from a targeting curriculum standpoint, and they can participate in class. We do not need to ban Catcher in the Rye. And, And my feeling on this is your kids... Should not I shouldn't be choosing what your kids right. read. You shouldn't be choosing what my kids read. Right, right, right. Somewhere I read that there was a political party once who believed in less government and local control. And I thought that was a pretty <laughs> good idea. Uh-huh. Uh, and I thought, you know, we shouldn't be making laws that we don't need. We don't need this law at the state level. Local school boards can handle this. If there is an objection from a parent, the school uh. board should take it up. We should talk about it. We should think about what our standards are from a, when do we bring topics up with kids? What is appropriate for third graders versus fifth graders versus seventh graders? I think all of those things are good conversations to have with the community. And then the board has to take that information back, synthesize it, and talk to the superintendent about, okay, superintendent, we would like you to come up with a program that reflects these standards and these um, targets for our kids, then it's Dr. Roberts' job to do that. And it's our job to evaluate Dr. Roberts. I like the question or the point you made earlier about, you know, we can boost reading with more volunteers, with more people getting involved, with more bodies. And I think there's a lot of problems we can solve by getting more people involved in the schools. But we also know a lot of things do come down to money and funding and the budget and, um, I tried to glance at the DMPS budget one time, and I think I almost had a stroke. It's so big. There's like a million tabs on the spreadsheet. Yes. It's just it's, it's horrendous. So how can we understand that document? Mm-hmm. Um, where, what can we do with, with the budget um, to address some of these challenges? What are the opportunities? And, and we know it's a tough environment right now with yep. the, the voucher bill that got passed. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many pressures on the school district for funding. What do, you, what do you make of the budget, and, and where do we go from here? Our biggest pressure in Des Moines is that we have 40% of our property that is not taxable because it's government agencies mm. or nonprofits or churches or hospitals. Getting the legislature to understand that issue and then coming up with creative ways that the majority in the, in the state legislature could support to backfill some of that money that we can't, literally can't earn because they are occupying the buildings mm. that we could be using for taxable revenue mm. for our schools. I, I would love to see the Waukee schools operate without 40% of their income right. for the next 40%. five years. Wow. So what, you know, I mean, and of course, every city has some, you know, nonprofits that are not taxable. And so that's not everything. And so I don't want to be ridiculous about it. But at the same time, it's a big number here in Des Moines. And it's because we're the capital city and there should be some recognition of that, that we have more state buildings and federal buildings here than other cities do. There should be some recognition of that. Um, So I think we have to make that case. I also think 
I am tired of shouting at the rain at the state capitol. Mm. Unless you've got 50 votes that I don't know about somewhere, things are not going to change from a funding standpoint. So I think it is up to Des Moines schools and the school board to be much more aggressive about public-private partnerships. And I just mentioned the aviation program and Allegiant. Why would we not go down to Las Vegas and say, hey, tell you what, for and I'm just being ridiculous here, $10 million, or maybe it's 20, I don't know. Uh-huh. It can be the Allegiant Aviation Department at Des Moines Public Schools. Boeing mm. owns it in Seattle. Why don't you uh, I see. build yourself a pipeline? And if they're gotcha. not willing to do it, what about Delta up in Minneapolis? They're not far. Mm. And so why wouldn't we then say, find that kind of partnership and then say, here's the money we were using for the aviation department coming out of the general fund. Let's move that back over. Right. We've got a funding source, a reliable funding source for this program that we love and sets us apart from everything else. Um, but we're going to take that money and we're going to move it back over to the general fund and we can use it for fill in the blank. I mean, there's not a, there's not a, a lack of things we could use that money for. Um, I also think, uh, from a property tax standpoint, I think we have to work on rebuilding our neighborhoods. Um, and this is like a chicken and the egg. Great neighborhoods have great schools, great schools build great neighborhoods, which comes first, right? Uh-huh. Let's dive in and say great neighborhoods. I would be, I, I think we should be working with the city and with the county to help first time homeowners in particular move into homes, build them up and then increase property values so that we can increase property tax collected. That's a long-term solution. That's not a right now solution, but I think between the public-private partnerships and raising our property values, I think those two things are big picture things that the school board can build relationships in the business community among the other government agencies, the taxing agencies like the city and the county. If people have those relationships, they can sit down, talk about them, and we can come up with some creative ways to, to make it better. So, <clears throat> how do you how do you how does um, school board uh, engage or have parents be more in, involved in, mm-hmm. in in these type of uh, you know elections that are so impactful? Is there something that 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 <laughs> that um, I mean I, I'm no, I'm thinking I, like yeah. sports are uh, are something that everybody likes. You know, like yep. the, the football teams they get killed every season. <laughs> Compared to the suburbs, you know. Well, didn't they do like some kind of realignment so it's less the case now? Yes. Like, okay. What What do you mean? Like they the don't conferences realigned. Oh, the city schools. The city schools have less um, interaction with you know, or conference interaction with the Waukees of the world or Dowling. Yeah. But that's just kind of like putting them aside, yes. basically. Yeah. Uh, but that's a good reflection. Parents love the, their kids, you know, winning. So maybe that's one way to encourage them because there seems to be a disengagement from, from, you know, from even looking at the voter uh, turnout. Yes. It's like, so, you know, <laughs> this is important. So how, how can people start caring? Now, I will tell you, the new stadium up at Drake is one of the things that I get the most questions on. And I, my answer is I wasn't on the board. You know, I, this was not my mm. decision. And so it's built now. So am I going to use it? Do I want to utilize? Yeah, I do. Because our kids love playing in that facility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So great. You know, so we have that now. What, what moving forward though, to your question about funding, I think, and caring, you know, you, you talked about the complication of school funding. Um, I think a lot of parents don't understand how schools are funded. And so, where we can and can't use money. 
there's some of this money I can't use for anything except facilities on the mm. school board. I can't even suggest it because it's not going to happen. So understanding that would be one. So uh-huh. some education right. would be good. Um, I think from an engagement standpoint, I know some of the other candidates for school board, and we've got great candidates for school board. I'm really excited across the board, really. The city has great candidates. Schools have great candidates. I'm really excited about um, about the people who are coming into office. Uh-huh. Um, they've been very frustrated with the lack of voter engagement. Uh-huh. I would say um, I've enjoyed, like I've, I've really enjoyed um, being able to go to any neighborhood in the city gives me a little bit more room to find the neighborhoods that I know are going to be more engaged uh-huh. and then go out and talk to voters there. Talking to neighborhood associations. Um, there are people who are engaged, but they don't necessarily vote. We had last time we had a school board election, um, there, I think like 12 or 14,000 votes was the winning um, total for the candidate who got the most votes. There were 12,000 under votes for school board. So somebody took the time to vote for city council and left school board blank. Mm. <laughs> that's frustrating. Uh, yeah. That's, that's um, as a parent, I think that's, I think that's frustrating. Engaging parents, I think sports is a, um, a sort of an obvious way to get some pride in the uh, school. Uh, uh, we should not forget the arts. We should yeah, not forget mm-hmm. symphony and a really good uh, performing arts program. Uh, the debate program I know at Roosevelt, where my boys go, is second to none. And so the speech and debate program. There are other ways to have the best, um, for sure, but I do believe that there's a point to be made in, in the sports arena. And nobody likes to talk about this because, oh, you're going to value sports over education. Well, if a kid is going to come to school because they're playing football at Lincoln or they're playing basketball at Roosevelt, then let's keep them engaged. Right, I'm right. all for keeping that kid engaged. And if basketball is the love of their life and they've got to keep their grades up in order to right. play basketball, again – I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with keeping those kids, uh, kids engaged. I do think the schools have to do a better job of engaging with their customers, however, and that is the parents. Uh-huh. Um, I currently have three or four apps that I use to track my kids' progress in school. None of them are updated very well. Uh-huh. And so I think we could make it a little bit easier for me to look at something, understand what my kid is doing in class that yeah. week, that day, whatever it is, um, without putting extra burden on teachers uh, and and make it so that I can communicate clearly with with my kids' teachers and yeah. engage in their education a little bit more. Yeah, and I can speak to that because my daughter graduated from Roosevelt two years ago, and there was this very big technology kind of wall between parents and, mm-hmm. and even the main office. You know, like she was getting uh, counted absent uh, many, many times. And was she going to school? <laughs> she was going to school. <laughs> and a usual amount of times that I was like, what's going on? Like, yep. it was. You want to bring her in here? We can ask her. Yeah. <laughs> let's bring her in. <laughs> Where were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it just kind of, it's a little, uh, it shed a little bit of light of like that there is something broken there in the communication yeah. you know, with technology being so, you know, we're in the technology era right now. It's right? good. It shouldn't be. Yeah. And like f- four or five apps. I mean, like that's too many apps, right? Shouldn't you just have one that's just easy to use? We have, yeah. a, we have an app no. for cross country. We had another app for golf. We had an app for school. We had two apps for school. Uh, I think there's another one. The, the theater department just uses Instagram, which our kids don't have because they're not on social media. Nice. Um, and so, uh, you know, as a parent, 
I do feel like either if there isn't one, somebody come help me build an app because it's a billion dollar <laughs> idea. You know, yeah. I mean, like this is the entrepreneurial yeah. idea of the century is to just build one um, that should cover teams and activities and academics and mm. there should just be tabs you know what is my kid into and you should be able to build a a little profile of your student oh your students in the fall play okay new tab that we're going to have that i'm going to communicate to you through this you know portal that we have we're close we're not quite there yet and i think um i think that would help engage some parents uh-huh. and help them understand it's hard, I think, for some parents to help to see the big picture and to see why the district is doing something, or um, you know how it's going to impact their kids and the community over over the long term. Maybe we're not showing that or telling that story as well as we could. When we talk about the staff, um, these are awesome people. They're so hardworking. They're professionals. They they care about these students like nobody else except their parents and. Uh, they're very burdened. I mean, I see it in the school. Like, I think there's something like 300 students per counselor, um, you know, class sizes. They can be pretty big in a lot of cases. What can we do to support the staff and to inspire them to, to sign on, to stay, to develop, um, and, and not leave the professions? We saw so many people leave after COVID. Yeah. Um, what's, your, what's your assessment of that? One of the things I think is already getting better. Um, I was disturbed to hear I so I was running unopposed for most of the summer into the fall and the first thing I did was I put out an email to all the schools and said to the principals and said hey I'd love to visit your building I'd love to have you tell me what you do really well and what your biggest challenge is Mm. I just want an hour tour me around your building I just want to know the buildings and understand kind of have a picture in my head if we're talking about Madison Elementary okay I can see that I understand that neighborhood um and so I got 10 back. I got 10 yeses back. <laughs> Out of how many? Just so we know how many schools are. Oh, you're going to tell me. Uh, <laughs> I think we have like, I, I want to say we have like 80 buildings, but we don't. We have like 50 or 60, I think, okay. buildings. It's, I, I think we're in the 30s for elementary schools. Um, but I could have just made a really big fool out of myself. <laughs> small percentage, we'll say. A small percentage said yes, uh, less than I'd hoped. Um, and But... The visits I had were really impactful, and I did get a good sort of geographic um, difference. I got a, a middle school on the south side and a middle school on the north side, and um, and I got a high school on the east side, and then I went over to Roosevelt and uh, where my kids were because I thought I should probably know something about the school my kids are in. <laughs> yeah. um, and then a bunch of elementary schools. Um, and so I think, um, and now I've just completely lost the train of thought to the original question, which is what can we do to help the staff? Right, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. So the thing I was most disturbed about was they would say to me, it's really great you're here. We haven't seen a school board member in six or eight years. Uh. And, and now before anybody thinks, oh, that school board's not doing their job, I think that there is some, the way that they are governed right now, one of their big focuses is making sure that there is not inequity in that I'm going to go visit Roosevelt because my kids are there. Uh-huh. And so all of a sudden Roosevelt gets a voice that maybe North doesn't have. I think they're very, very careful about making sure that they don't do things like that. So I, so I wouldn't be critical of the way they're, they're doing it now. I would, however, be more intentional about getting groups of board members right. out to schools so that – and I think Dr. Roberts has been really good – more disturbing was we haven't seen the superintendent in six years. Uh. And I know Dr. Roberts has already, I mean, 
just check out the social media feed and he's in he's in buildings all the time. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things he said he was going to do. And um, so I, I'm encouraged about that. I think that's uh, a positive step in the right direction. But for me, I don't know how you govern the schools if you are not visiting mm. the buildings that you are supposed to be talking about and making policy for. So what do you tell a, a, a parent slash voter, you know, how important them being involved is? Because I, mean, I, I was part of the, my kids, my twins are going to Harding and uh, they invited me to be part of like a parent uh, yep. meeting with the principal every other month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, my kids are going. So, yes, you know, I'm going to go. Um, but there is this this engagement from parent uh, also, not just on the voting side, but like be present in their more in their school. Yep. Uh, and I know there's hurdles, you know, like people work and stuff, yeah. but what, what, you what know, do you do to get do people more engaged? Be, yeah. Well, so as I'm knocking doors, a lot of people are saying to me, well, I don't have kids in the school anymore. Mm. And I snap right back at them, but it's your schools and it's your tax dollars. Yeah. And it's your future workforce. Mm-hmm. All of these things, whether they're your kids or not, you really should be concerned about what's going on in the Des Moines public schools. Mm. So I think there's that segment of the population that isn't in the schools that we need to engage for sure. But I do think parents are really working hard. And, um, you know, my wife and I are really fortunate to have flexible enough jobs Uh, that we can engage in some of this stuff. Not every family has that. So I think we have to meet families where they are rather than expect them to come down to the, you know, (laughs) central campus for a meeting. Yeah. Let's go to, on a Sunday morning, maybe to a faith-based community and have a meeting where that group already is. Something like that where you yeah. could help um, in, engage. But I, I do think you have to help see, it is about the story we tell. Because if you can't see yourself in the story that we're telling about Des Moines Public Schools, I, I'm not going to be as engaged in it. Uh-huh. You know? I'm not going to be as invested in the brand. We have to get people to be invested in the brand and have some pride in the brand. What other ideas come to mind for those public-private partnerships as far as, you know, local businesses? We've got big companies downtown in, in, in the area. Um, I would love to see more involvement from companies locally. Um, there's a lot of things that can look like, you know, in my program, we, we host an intern at a company for nine months for their entire senior year. So the student goes to them. So they don't even have to come to the school. Yep. Uh, and these companies are fantastic. Um, how else can we get companies which who are busy and have, you know, a million things going on? How do we get them to engage and, and be creative about that? Most of these companies are ready. They are waiting for the Des Moines Public Schools to ask them for help. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for a fact during the pandemic, the Des Moines business community reached out to the schools twice and said, how can we help? And they were told to go pound sand. We don't need mm-hmm. your help. That leadership group is gone, and we have a new leadership group in that I know is much more collaborative. I am really looking forward to a new era of public-private partnerships. We have Uh. got to engage the business community. I've already spoken to some business leaders about this, and they're excited about it. We have to work within the systems that exist. And so uh, one that comes to mind is the Technology Association of Iowa. They have member companies all over the state of Iowa who are who stand ready to show students what their future could look like. Right. And, and we're back to this conversation of you got to 
paint me a picture as a 15 year old. <laughs> Cause I don't know what my life's going to look like. And I don't know uh -huh. what I'm going to be good at. And I don't know what the rest of my life is going to look like. It's really hard to ask a 15 year old that question. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I've got all, two of them. And so, um, I think we have to give them options. We have to show them the possibilities and then say, there's a career path. And, and so I'll give you an example at, at Shazam, we're trying to imagine, and, and we really kind of did this when we were short on programmers, we went to Des Moines Area Community College and said, um, hey, we need computer programmers. They said, okay, design a program for us. And so we did. And we take an intern, we take interns out of that program. Uh, we hire them at Shazam as interns. And it's like, it's like 20 six, 28 bucks an hour, something like that for your internship. Wow. And then we hire like 90% of those kids because we can't keep programmers, you know, fast enough. We can't uh -huh. get them fast enough. Uh -huh. um, if you have an aptitude for that job, you're starting at, you know, well above $50,000 a year. That's a pretty good living for yeah. a kid out right. of DMAC, you know? Yeah. And, and then the other thing Shazam will do is we're also um, helping people then finish their last two years of college through Iowa State while they're working at Shazam. So there are programs like that. I, I mentioned that because that's the one I know. I also know there are programs like this at a bunch of other companies. Laying it out and putting it in a place where it's accessible to kids so that they can see those possibilities for their future. I don't think anybody's, have you heard anybody sitting around going, oh yeah, I've got all the applicants I need for no. all these jobs, right? No, we're actually, we're, we're a staffing agency and we're recruiting firm headhunting and we see that all the time where, uh, you know, I get called f uh, from uh, 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 unions, like mm -hmm. labor unions, electri elect electrical union and uh, 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 masonry. Mm -hmm. And companies, you're right, companies are just looking to create pipelines and see, well, how can we get in front of this new class of graduates? Yep. And if and if you offer them like, hey, maybe sponsor this class then, and and then we'll teach them the tools that or the skills that you need, and then when they graduate, they could have the option. Good. Not not everybody's gonna go to um, no. higher education. So, and uh, and and thank you for mentioning the trades because I think when I say the corporate community, mm -hmm. I would put the trades in in that mm -hmm. you know bucket because right. there are a lot of we can do a better job of offering more of those pathways to our students through central campus um, and all of the opportunities that are, that are going on down there. Um, you know, I, th I think we have to make sure again that we're telling the right story though, being a Mason today and being like a Mason when your grandpa was a Mason, you know, it's right. not, <laughs> this isn't being an electrician is no longer like yeah. being an electrician when, you know, and so the picture in a kid's head of an electrician versus what it actually is. Right. This is a high tech job. Yes. These are skilled professions yeah. and, and they're professions. This isn't just like, okay, we're going to, you know, put you in the trades. Yeah. This requires a special person and we ought to talk about it that way. You are a special person if you go into the trades. Mm. And so if we're talking about it that way, maybe that is a little bit more, um, uh, positive way but you to, see that you see you see that uh from the school board kind of uh, function is that kind of one of the, the functions of the school board or, or uh that's just something that you kind of wanting to take on and, and push and make a push for i i mean i absolutely would love to um to be a, 
a conduit to the business community to come up with more creative ideas to build some of those relationships up. It is going to take people sitting down and engaging with uh, with folks. These are the companies that that live in Des Moines and choose to be here are incredibly generous. And it's almost competitive how generous we can be. How, uh, you know, are you as generous as principal uh, is? Are you yeah, as generous yeah, yeah. as Nationwide or EMC is or Shazam is? And there is some pride taken by the companies uh, in uh, what they do. And we recognize those things in our community. And so it becomes then competitive for, that's important to people today. I wanna work in a place that reflects my values. And if my values are about this community, now, you know, that is an important thing. And I think we can build on that and and make that something that they want to do, not that we're twisting their arm to do. I don't think we're going to yeah. have to do a lot of arm twisting. And I think the generosity is great. And I think we've looked beyond just writing checks, but actually getting involved with the students, um, building those relationships. Mentoring. I think I think the mentoring piece yeah. is huge. I think help the students to see the possibilities at every company, to feel like a part of the team, to, to really – Build those bridges. So I think, as you know from your your building tours and your DMPS connections, DMPS is a very diverse school district. Yep. But yes. if you look around downtown at, like, what do these workplaces look like at a lot of these big companies, they are not as diverse, I think. It's safe to say. And so we have a lot of work to do, yes. you know, on, on that front. We do. However, <laughs> I sat in the lobby of one of our biggest employers the other day <laughs> for about 30 minutes. And the people I saw walking in and out, it was a pretty diverse group of people. Um, and, and I was impressed and I was impressed at the imagery that they were using and mm. the, you know, how they were representing themselves in their, um, branding around the lobby and obviously then to the rest of the world as well. But, um, we do it. We, we are not there yet, but I think we're doing better than maybe we're given credit for. Um, and there is the willingness to, to um, and the recognition that a diverse workplace is a place that has better ideas, that has uh, gets more done, um, mm-hmm. and that overall is a better contributor or contributor to our community. I, I think that. Do you, are, you that do. are you saying that? Are you saying? I'm going back to kind of what you're saying: building partnerships, but ultimately also getting funds, right? So, sure. are you saying that the 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 Moon School Board should Go like on a fundraising campaign because I know like the universities they get donors right they get mm-hmm. private donors. The Des Moines Public Schools do they have donors? Is there? There is a, a foundation. There is a Des Moines Public Schools Foundation, and and I know uh, there. I think it's Thursday night that uh, they're having their foundation. Oh dinner. yeah, I'm going to that. Yeah, I'm. I'll be there too. I'll see you there. <laughs> um, and so yes, there is a foundation, and there is a there should be a funding source for um, starting up programs or something that we we don't necessarily have the money for, but let's prove it out. Uh-huh. I'm not talking about handouts with the uh-huh. with the corporate community. I'm talking about partnerships. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Allegiant one, that's not a handout. No, that's a, if if I right. can reduce your staffing costs by ten million dollars over the next twenty years, and yeah. I think I can, by building you a pipeline to mechanics and pilots. That's valuable to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, right? As a company, yeah. you either spend money recruiting people or you spend money paying people to work for you. You know, right. and it's like if you're spending so much money recruiting people that it just it 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 starts being an expense that you don't necessarily need if you can build a, a good loyal workforce and, and a reliable pipeline to right. your to your uh, jobs. So, Patrick, do you have an opponent in this race, or I is do. It, you do? Okay. I do. 
So we haven't done all of our homework, as you can see. <laughs> um, so tell us your kind of your, your closing argument. Um, what what distinguishes you as a candidate, and and kind of what you're most excited about? We're we're very lucky to have really good candidates in um, in the race for school board this year, and um, I'm not only excited to work with the existing board members, but I feel like I have been very fortunate to have someone to run against who has made my arguments sharper, mm. has made me think, um, and who has uh, brought up um, and really focused on one issue, but um, but I think has done it in a way that is, um, he's represented his community well. And so, um, so I think that's made me a better candidate. Um, but here's what I would say. Um, Leadership is about more than just passion for one issue. Mm. Leadership is about connecting issues to make them um, better, more efficient, more effective for the schools and seeing that 30-year picture rather than let's fix this right now. That is a lot of the function of the people who run the schools right now. That's our professional educators. We have to support them. We have to do things that make their job easier every day because, as you say, it's, it's hard but for me, this is about leaders on our school board who can um, build relationships, even with people who we disagree with. I think that's incredibly important, and it isn't said often enough. I am get in line with the number of people who are upset about the way things are going for Des Moines Public Schools or the laws that are being passed at the State House. It does not do us any good to turn our backs on those conversations. Mm. And we are not being very good... Um, examples for our kids if that's the way we treat other people i think we have to sit down and we have to find ways to talk to one another um and we could go into a whole thing about politics and what i've learned through this process and some of the things i've seen that i don't necessarily like um i i have a lot to say about <laughs> about politics after that i thought i knew a little bit about politics and i did not um i learned a lot but I think for me, it's about having um, a leader with a wider vision and a wider passion for the region, someone who understands what the school board can and can't do, um, and someone who understands what this community can and can't do based off of their experience um, and their skill sets. As a journalist for 25 years, I asked a lot of questions, and I got down to a message that you could synthesize. You go out, you interview a bunch of people, you come up with a story, and then you tell that story. I would be an evangelist for the Des Moines Public Schools, learning all the time and, you know, being excited about a new thing I learned so that I can't wait to go out and tell people about it. I think that kind of enthusiasm is contagious um, and it's what's needed in our community. We need to get to behind Des Moines Public Schools. It's one of the most important things that we can do. Uh, um, this amen. will be the next to marrying my wife and raising my kids. This will be the most important thing I ever do in my life. I'm convinced. Mm. And I think can have the most impact on the most people. We can change the trajectory of kids' lives, literally. And I don't, I don't know what, what's better than that. I have no idea what's better than that. Well, I think we'll leave it at that. It's a good uh, uh ending statement so i want to thank you for making time for us thanks and for the opportunity and visiting us and yeah. uh, uh the platforms here if uh, you get into the school board i'd like to come back if i get elected come yeah. back and then I'd like to. Uh, we'll Absolutely. help you and make the push on uh, getting uh the private sector and the business community to uh help build the um the Des Moines public schools i'd like that maybe 
getting them back into that conference when they can <laughs> play against the, <laughs> the suburbs. That's low down the list. I think. <laughs> yeah. It's you know what? Like it's it it. Somebody said that. But to it's me. a measuring okay. stick yeah, for like people. You know, um, like of course they're beating them because look at all that money the suburbs have, and look, you know, poor Demon Public School. Nope. So it's a it's yeah. a reflection, right? We're mm-hmm. doing better than we're doing better than people think, and I think um, that is a perception, not a reality, mm. and. I, one of the first things I would do is go out to all the realty companies and convince them to stop driving people to the suburbs instead of Des Moines. Realtors still say to people, oh, you don't want to buy in Des Moines. High taxes and the schools aren't very good. Uh, that is just not true. Right. It's just not true. We chose Des Moines Public Schools. My my wife and I chose this as a place to raise our kids. Mm. And we have to get other people passionate about that and then educate them about what is really going on here um, and the opportunities that are available to kids and the schools through the schools, because there are a lot of really great opportunities that people, people don't know about. Awesome. awesome. So well, the election is November 7th. November 7th. Um, vote. Thank you, Patrick. Don't Dix, leave for coming the by. Don't leave the, don't leave it. Don't leave it. Don't blank. leave the blank. Don't, don't blank. leave it blank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Patrick Dix for schoolboard.com. And uh, if you have questions, email me, uh, I want to be accessible. I want to be my phone numbers on there. <laughs> awesome. You know, I mean, we'll put your uh, email address, your your yeah. address, your social security number. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, that's the way it feels. It's, you better be ready for that in in public life. Well, thank you for for being for uh, up for being a public servant. I think it's important, and uh, I'm learning a lot as a new voter. So um, we'll keep on having conversations. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, I really Patrick. appreciate it. Thanks, guys. This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates and central Iowa companies.